Welcome to Field Notes by Ag Choice, a podcast series covering timely, relevant topics for Pennsylvania's agricultural and rural communities. Each episode will include an interview of an Ag Choice expert or one of our industry partners discussing information you need to know. I'm Rachel Sadison, and joining me today is Rosie Zaganello. Rosie is an AgChoice employee who serves as a support analyst for AgChoice's business consulting team. Rosie's also a dairy farmer in Columbia County, Pennsylvania. We're continuing our focus on June Dairy Month, and today Rosie will be sharing about her farm operation and perspectives on sustainability and dairy farming. Rosie, happy June Dairy Month, and thanks for joining me. Glad to be here, Rachel. So first, Rosie, could you start by telling our listeners about yourself and your farm? Sure. So I'm a fourth-generation farmer. I grew up on my my father's family farm side of Berwick in Columbia County. Um, I have two younger brothers and then my mom and dad. When I was in 4-H and FSA growing up, and we always, you know, did the chores on the farm and the milking and that, at the time, we only had uh, about 15 to 25 cows. I think when I was in college, you know, when I went to college, we were only milking actually 12 cows. I went to Penn State for animal science with the business option. I, After graduation, I worked for two years on a large dairy farm as an assistant herd manager, just more using that experience as a learning experience because the plan was for me to always come back home to the farm at some point. After two years there, I left that and moved back home and Knowing that I was going to need a job because 12 cows wasn't going to support me at home, I contacted Ag Choice and there happened to be a part-time position available. So I started working with for Ag Choice as an underwriter part-time and also working at home with the cows. After a couple of years as an underwriter, I moved to the business management team and I've been there still ever since, um, still working part-time. Then I moved back home in 2008 and in 2014, and I remember the day exactly, something had happened in the farm that morning that just kind of said, you know, something has to be done. We can't keep doing things the way we're doing it. It's just not going to work. So that day I made a couple phone calls to see what my options were as far as financing and funding and other resources that were available. So I started putting a business plan together, trying to figure out what size herd we needed, how much money it might cost, you know, all the stuff that goes into expanding a dairy. It's going to have to be a new uh, complete site, Greenfield site, because we didn't have room at the current location to do any kind of expansion. So that process started in the summer of 2014. Um, you know, by the time I got done doing business planning, talking to contractors and lenders and stuff, we started building in the fall of 2015, and we moved the cows in in the spring of 2016. Now, we only had 30-some cows at the time with our replacements, so we had a very small herd, and we needed to get up into that 80-cow range to make it work, to, to make it to, to the size that everything was going to work financially. So we uh, were able to work with a retiring farmer. He had about 40-some cows. Um, and he was also boarding another handful of cows for another farmer that had stopped milking. And we were able to work with them and they had actually invested their cows into our facility. So we didn't have any, I didn't have any financial obligation to buy cows at the time. So we were able to fill the barn immediately once it was built, and I uh, boarded their cows for them in my new facility. 
And after that, uh, we bought the, their cows out over time when we moved in. And I still do board about 23 cows um, for some people here right now. So right now we're, we're at about 77 cows. Um, and we own, I own about 54 of them with 47 replacements. And then the rest are board cows that I keep for 4-H show kids and other people that have a couple cows but don't have facilities to take care of them. So on the farm here, full-time, it's me and my mom and my dad. My mom does all the heifers and calves. She takes care of them, um, and she also does the bulk of the milking. She also makes all the breeding decisions here. I milk. I do all the record-keeping. I do all the feeding, and I work on our bedded pack. So I keep the, the management of the pack up to date and bedding and all that. And I'm kind of the floater. If they need help in the field, I go to the field. If this needs to be done here, I'll go do this. And then my dad manages the cropping operation and the manure handling, and repairs and maintenance, that sort of thing. Um, my brothers, they're both military, so they're not here all the time. Um, but when they are here, they do help, and you know we appreciate when they're here. And we also have a couple of neighbors and friends that will help out from time to time with the crops. Um, as it stands right now, I am a purchased feed dairy. I buy all of our forages from um, my dad, and then I do all buy all my grain in. So I do not do any cropping operation. I only buy my feed. So we, the total farm here, we farm around a little over 200 acres, which mostly corn and hay. Um, we do do some cover cropping as well. Great. Thanks, Rosie, for sharing your story, and it certainly gives you some great perspective in your role with Ag Choice as well, so that's neat to hear about. So next, uh, sustainability is a hot topic right now in agriculture and beyond. Rosie, what does sustainability mean to you, and how do you, you ensure that your farm is sustainable for the future? Well, sustainability means to be able to maintain, be maintained. So in our old facility, it was not sustainable. The location, we were next to a housing development. It was an old bank barn in a very narrow lot, and it just wasn't allowing for growth. The facility was just small, and it was in declining uh, our state. It was just falling apart. Um, the cows were getting too big for the stalls, and they were actually hurting themselves, damaging the, the stalls, that kind of thing. So obviously... You know, we needed to make a decision then whether to just sell out completely or take a, take the jump and in, invest in a new facility if we wanted to continue being a dairy farm. We knew it was going to take a lot financially to make that happen. Um, so whenever I did the planning, you know, I started planning, I worked with consultants and using uh, the Center for Dairy Excellence as a resource along with Extension to help make, you know, see how this is going to work financially. Because, um, you know, we had to do do all this to make sure we were getting into what we were getting into made sense. You know, yes, I wanted to continue dairy farming, but with the investment that I had to make, was it going to be financially sustainable? That part of the process, going through the whole business planning process, took probably more time than anything you know, I wanted to make sure that my head and my heart were on the same page, that I wasn't, you know, making a decision rashly and not looking at all the the options. So we went through a lot of scenarios to come up with a, a very informed decision before we actually made the decision to 
uh, borrow the money to build this barn. So, and that process is still going, it's still ongoing. I do a budget every year. I compare my financials from this year to last year to see what progress we're making. I use a lot of risk management in order to protect my milk income. So I use the dairy margin coverage program through FSA along with the dairy revenue protection program and I forward contract the milk with my cooperative. So uh, for any cow dairy, I probably use more risk management than most other farms that size, but I do look at it as protecting my long-term investment um, because I have no other option, you know, we're in it too far to just say we're going to sell out today because that that can't be an option right now. Um, and on, on, as far as the cows are concerned, I do use DHIA to track the herd performance too. So I do look at our performance where we were prior to coming into the new barn to where we were at a few months in and then where we're at now. And, I, you know, that that kind of history really says, a lot whenever you look back over time and how you've grown over the last five to ten years. So then as far as environmental sustainability on our farm, we have a conservation plan and a nutrient management plan. Um, we do do all no-till cropping and we use a lot, utilize, you know, set-aside areas and buffers along the waterways. Um, we also have used programs for pasture fencing and watering systems to keep our cows out of creeks and streams along the farms. Um, in the past, my mom, dad, and my grandfather all worked for the conservation district, so we've always kept those environmental aspects of the farm in mind. So one thing that's unique about Rosie's farm is the bedded compost barn. Uh, Rosie, let's talk a little bit more about that barn. And, you know, when you built this new facility a few years ago, why did you decide on that style of barn, and what benefits have you seen with it over the years? Well, honestly, the bedded pack idea came last in the whole process. I had a couple goals I wanted to achieve when we wanted when we were looking at building barns. Number one was maximize cow comfort, and number two was minimize labor. Um, we had a lot of physical labor that had to be done in the old barn, and it, it was time consuming, you know, and you were really tired by the end of the day. And we wanted to get rid of that altogether, or minimize it as much as possible. We did have a small bedded pack in the old facility. And typically those are cows, bigger cows that were having trouble with the stalls in the old barn. And those cows just did so much better on that pack. They had higher production and a lot of less health issues than the rest of the cows. So I started researching the bedded packs and toured a couple that were in the area just to get an idea about them. And then we also worked with Extension to come up with a design to make sure that everything was right to make the pack successful. The other thing we wanted was a completely naturally ventilated barn. You know, having fans is nice, but they come at a really huge cost. They cost a lot to buy and they cost a lot to run. So we wanted to make sure that we could maximize natural breeze with the design of the barn so we could not have to have fans at all. Uh, the other goal I wanted was to be able to do all the barn work with one person in a reasonable amount of time. So we had a lot of physical labor, like I said, and it just took us a long time to do simple tasks. So I really didn't want to have to be doing those physical activities when I was 50 years old. So saying, you know, work smarter, not harder, is always something I keep in the back of my mind. So the pack made sense just because it takes less time to rototill the pack and to, than it does to clean and rebed stalls, and you can do it with a tractor or a skid loader. And right now, we're only adding sawdust to the pack about once a week. So the cows have really thrived in this setup. 
we have some older cows and some really big cows that would have trouble laying in a stall. And here they can do whatever they want. They can lay however they want without any trouble. Within a month of moving the cows in, we saw increased production and lower somatic cell. Uh, the other thing that I saw was improved foot health. Um, the feet were drier and they were just overall cleaner and less issues with the, their feet. To see them eating more and they're definitely more relaxed. And I, I'm, every cow, when you're around them for a long time, everybody has a, their own personality. And it was neat to see how the attitude in some of the cows had changed from moving them from a stall to the pack. And for us, it's also easier for us to work with them. They're calmer, and it's just they, we have more interaction with them, it seems, than we did with the old barn. Um, environmentally, the compost pack is a manure storage, so we're able to store manure all year round and spread it on the fields when we're able. And the manure itself is fairly dry, and it's more consistent. It's more consistent, nutrient-rich product going to the field for our crop. And we've also found that we have almost no manure odor, odor in the barn, and or when we spread. So it's another plus, especially for our neighbors on hot days if we have to spread manure. So you know, everybody asks. Uh, now that you've done it, what will you change? And five years in, um, I honestly can't answer that question. A lot of planning, touring, researching went into every aspect of the building and how we wanted to work with our cows. And we put all that together into the building we have today. I would encourage anyone who is looking to expand or build, do their homework and use resources available before you start anything. It helps you decide what you want and then you can figure out how to make it work at the end of the day, you want to be happy and comfortable with the decision and the product you end up with. Great. Thanks for sharing, Rosie. So lastly, June is dairy month, and we want to be sure to celebrate the dairy industry here as part of the podcast, too. So here's a two-part question for you. Uh, number one, why do you enjoy being a dairy farmer? And number two, what is your favorite dairy product? So I like working with cows. Uh, when I was making a decision whether to build or, or sell, I just couldn't see my life without a cow in it. Um, being involved with cows and dairy has given me the opportunity to meet people and do things that I probably would have never done otherwise. So that that was really important to me, and I, you know, I still feel that way. Uh, I love being around my cows every day. So as far as the dairy favorite dairy products, probably most people will say ice cream. I mean, I like ice cream just as well as anybody else but I can always go for a good cold cold glass of milk. <laughs> Great. Well, Rosie, I appreciate you sharing your dairy story with us here today and your perspective with our listeners. So thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Listen to other episodes of Field Notes by Ag Choice posted at agchoice.com slash podcast.